You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Al, why don't you hit it? Hey, welcome. It's Saturday morning, and guess what? It's another edition of Dave's Corner Garage. Joining us today, Darren Bossens from Salem Tire. We're going to be talking about RV tires. People are going up north to get their trailers going, and uh, these things have been sitting in the snow for years. So let's talk about RV tires, plus we have some call-ins that uh, people have questions for, and um, we'll be talking to Darren about that. And joining us also will be Mike McNaught. He's from RV Easy, and it's spelled R-V-E-Z-Y. That, so that's what it's called an acronym now? And what is it? That's an acronym, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure, but that's his website, rvez.com. There you go. And, of course, Norris McDonald. We haven't heard from him for quite a while. He was the originator, one of the originators, of the wheel section for the Toronto Star. And in the news, the Toronto Star was sold. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll do some emails and some chatter. Uh, Al, what's going with you guys? Oh, we've been, been busy all along, you know, being a, uh, what do they call it, an essential business. You know, we've yes. been working away. Uh, people are bringing their vehicles in. And I actually got a few pointers I want to bring up with that because people have their, their cars have been parked for a while and they may be doing some services they don't need and they may be getting some services that they do need. So You know, it's funny. My, my, my one car has been sitting in the driveway for a month. I haven't used it. Well, right. And, the first, and when you're going to go to start it, it won't start. And that's what I want to get to after the break. Already? Yeah, let's do that. We'll talk about that stuff. And coming back on with us... Darren Boston is from Salem Tire, and we're going to talk to the hell out of RVs. Well, you know, after with that big squeal segment we have at the beginning of the show, you know, the yeehaw? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to ask Darren to get us some new tires. <laughs> there we go. We'll be right back. Good stage corner. Yeehaw! Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan Gelman, and beside me is Dave Redinger. Well, not actually, he's virtually beside me, not actually beside me. Two different things. And we've got Darren Bossens on the line. He's from Salem Tire. Darren, are you at the warehouse, or are you at home? Where are you at right now? I'm at home. Social at distancing. home. Social yes. distancing. Yes. Not Working tonight, honey. It's social distancing. Have you got exactly. your mask on? <laughs> <laughs> honey, that's all I'm wearing is my mask. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> all right. Well, Darren, of course, is from Sail and Tire. And, and if you haven't already, you're going to be taking that vehicle of yours, that trailer, that boat, probably up to the cottage. And there's a lot of good things that you need to know before you just hook it up and start driving because you don't want to be at the side of the 400 trying to wave down a tow truck, right? Yeah. Okay, what do we need to do about that trailer, Darren? Uh, first thing, always check the pressures. That's the most important. Um, you want to make sure that they're running at the proper pressure. Now, just um, looking at them and kicking them, is that good enough or what? No, no, no. You can't, like, even experts, like, you know, uh, hammer thumps and that they used to use. It's, yeah, that, the truckers. Yeah, yeah, the truckers, they use a hammer. That, that tells you whether it's flat or not. It doesn't tell you whether right. it's low pressure. And as you Oh, know, actually, pressure, I got to... I got a good question because I, I, I've never towed a trailer much myself. On a okay. car, on a car, there's a placard that tells you what the pressure should be for that tire on your car. But, Correct. But, but how do you do it on a trailer? 
typically trailers, you just put it at the max pressure of the tire. Mm. They typically don't have placards showing uh, what pressure the tire should have. So on that trailer tire, you look at the side of it, and it'll say max pressure, and you're saying that's what you should put in, eh? Yeah, I usually put in uh, maybe 5% less, but in and around that max pressure. Yeah, and of course, you want to do that cold rather than hot. Absolutely. Always check your pressures cold. Darren, Go I was ahead, Dave. Say, that tire has been sitting there for sometimes five years because, you know, yes. it's been sitting in the spot. So what do they do to protect the tire over the next five years? Um, well, as you know, the, the the drivable RVs, they have actual covers that go over the tires. So the best thing to do is cover it up with a tarp or something just to, you know, not allow direct sunlight on it if you, mm-hmm. if you are storing it outside. The other thing you want to check, too, typically is, is you know, severe cracking in the in the in the tread voids or on the sidewall, make sure this, you know, stick your nail into the rubber. If it's, if it's soft and supple, it'll, it'll return back to the spot where you push, but uh, if it's not, it'll make a little indent or, you know, it'll feel crispy or dried out. You want to definitely so what, get those. So what, what you're saying is it's not just a matter of looking how thick the tread is, right? There's no. other things that are important. Definitely. Definitely. And typically STs or specialty trailer tires, they're not meant to wear out. They typically don't wear out or it takes a very, very long time to wear out, especially as you know, these trailers are typically used seasonally, um, not every day. So typically you're, you're changing them out due to weather checking, drying out or cracking Mm. prior to any kind of, uh, tread wear now we've got a couple of questions that we 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 posted on facebook that you're coming on and uh, some people sent us some questions for you uh one of them was do my original equipment tires i guess that's the tire that comes with the car yep always have a warranty uh yes they do uh they all have uh workmanship warranty um and then mileage warranties Uh, most of them do have mileage warranties although they're typically lower than replacement tire warranties and you got to be aware in some cases, manufacturers produce models specific to OE fitment mm-hmm. as opposed to models that match, you know, replacement models. So it, there is mileage warranties, but they're, they're pretty low. Can you sort of talk about what, what is a mileage warranty? A mileage warranty basically indicates if you don't get a certain amount of kilometers or miles oh. in the States, um, the tire is warrantable. So in a lot of cases, it's, you know, you'd have an 80,000 kilometer warranty. So if you end up getting 65,000 kilometers or 60,000, you can, you can get warranty on the, the portion that you didn't get. But you also have to be aware that you're going to have to prove, um, where you've done your rotations and proper, proper maintenance to, to, to capitalize on that. That's so a lot of times. Rotations and that, forget it. Right, exactly. And, and in most cases, if, if someone's inspecting a tire to make that evaluation, um, if it's worn terribly uneven, well, that's going to indicate right away that there's an issue with alignment, for example. Now, Correct. the question, though, who makes that call? Is it the, the, the car company or the tire company? It's the, it's the uh, tire manufacturer that will make that call. So what would I normally do? So I would go back to the dealer complaining yeah. about the tires, and, and he's going to just say, go see you know, Darren at, at sale and well, or whatever. Typically if they're, if they're a very good service provider, they'll probably, you know, help you with that or look after it for you. Cause they, mm-hmm. they'll have direct contact through their wholesaler or in some cases, the manufacturer. Right. Um, but yeah, you, it's typically through, you basically always go back to where you bought the tires if you can. Mm. And okay, you know, second we question. would have been the dealer. 
Right Second now. question is two parts. What is rolling resistance and what is speed rating? Okay, so rolling resistance is the energy that the vehicle needs to send tires, you know, um, send your tires to maintain movement uh, at a consistent speed over a surface. So in other words, it's like basically the effort required to keep a tire rolling. Um, to get actual rolling resistant numbers on passenger tires is, is difficult because it's done, it's done in a lab. Right where they actually calculate it, it's a mathematical equation based on the um, the testing done in the lab to to give you a, a rolling resistance number. So why so is that important? Well, it's important based on fuel mileage. Um, the less resistance you have, um, the easier it is to move that tire, which takes less fuel. So in the case, like as we know, cars are starting to become more electrified. Um, the more rolling resistance you have with an electric car, the faster that battery is going to wear out, and the the opposite is true. So, question: What's the what's the downside of a tire having too much rolling resistance? Or sorry, too much? having too, no. I sorry, I said too little. too little. Too little, exactly. What's the downside? Um, if if a tire has too little rolling resistance, um, it usually starts to affect traction. Um, that's that's the big one. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's a it's a balancing act. Like we all know, tires are you gain on one side, you lose on another. So it's it's always there's always a reaction to the, any action you take on. Okay. On, Second on part of that question tire. was speed rating. What does that mean? Uh, well, speed rating is just that it's, it's a letter code on the sidewall that indicates uh, what the manufacturer expects um, um, speed wise over a long period of time out of a tire. So the test is basically, so I'll use an example of a V-rated tire, which is 240 kilometers an hour. That tire went 240 kilometers an hour for 24 hours before it started to fall apart. Oh, wow. Yeah, is there so a minimum? Does the government mandate a minimum? Uh, no. No, like there, there would be, depending on the vehicle, as far as what the minimum would be, but the the actual speed rating on all tires is so well beyond the capability of, some cars or most cars and as well as uh, you know beyond the capability of what you could do on a on a road so for example if i if i if i price out a v-rated tire and and it really is you know mom driving the car to the plaza and back um she could put something of a, a slower rating that would be cheaper couldn't she yeah but typically you want to stick with the speed rating that the car came with ah you don't okay. you don't necessarily have to but it's always best to I wonder if there's a liability there where the guy is, I'm pulling my Ferrari and the guy sent me a, a tire that doesn't actually fit the car. Uh, speed rating wise? Yeah. Mm, like I said, most of these speed, I think the lowest you can go is 130 kilometers oh, wow. for 24 hours. So where would you ever be able to do that other than a track? Exactly. Yeah, but I got, I got to tell you though, as a guy who sells tires, replacement tires, the number that most people are interested in is the price. Okay, <laughs> that's the key. That's that's key for sure, or or at least value. Yeah. Okay, so let's now the commercial part. Salem Tires gives you a thirty day money back guarantee. Yeah, on fit, some of the models fit, they give right? you a test. Yeah, yeah. So if it's not the right tire, I can swap it back for another one. And you also um, your your pricing is basically fifty percent of the others. Yeah, forty fifty percent of the of the of the branded tires. Yes. So how's business? Business isn't bad. It's not bad. We've uh, we definitely have um, 
you know, it's definitely down like everybody else, but we're not hurting too bad, but we just did our winter booking, which is obviously for next winter. And we actually, um, sold more this year than last year. So that just tells you the dealer sediment is their, um, their sentiment is, is, is good. They think that the future is looking bright. Actually, the other thing to mention too, is that you guys have come out with an all weather tire where you, you didn't have one before and, and sales on those are pretty good. I understand. Yeah, it seems to be a growing part of the market. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of tire dealers don't like it. They'd rather use winter and, uh, and all season or summers, but uh, it is definitely a growing segment of the market. How do we get right. in touch with Salem? SalemTires.ca. Nice and easy. And there's a list there of the dealers in the area uh, yep. if you want to purchase the tires. Yep. You know what? I used them on the race car. This is going to be the third season for for that original set of tires, and they're only half worn. That's crazy. And they probably got 200 enough. laps on them. It's just you just, no, you've just proven, Dave, that you do drive like an old lady. Seriously. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Actually, if you look down while in the corner, you throw up. <laughs> well, we'll find out next Friday, won't we? Yeah, we'll have some fun. Darren, thank you very much for taking time. I know you're busy. No problem. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. You take Great. Care. Darren Boston's from Salem Tire. And, of course, it's SalemTire.ca. It's Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back in just a minute. All righty. We're back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Dave Renninger. I'm with Alan Gelman, who's on the other line. Uh, just me. a quick reminder that we've been giving away $200 worth of groceries in our grocery giveaway. Now, contest ends this weekend. So if you're interested in getting involved, all you have to do is give us your email address, your phone number, and how to get in touch with you, and uh, you're entered. We've given away already three prizes, to one to Beth, one to Robert, and one to Joseph. So the bottom line is this is the last chance to, uh, to do this. I even got an email from one guy by the name of Rick who offered to pay for one so we should keep the contest going. But Oh, that was nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. You know, people, a bunch of nice people are listeners. They really are nice people. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate them. Even the questions that they ask are, are interesting. I have one question from a, a email that came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, young fellow is going in to have his transmission serviced, and they're offering him a chance to reflash their computer. And he's asking the question, why? Well, you know what? We did find out the hard way, actually, once, because we serviced a Chrysler transmission where all we did was drain the fluid and the filter and put it back together again. And then the customer complained. He came back the following day and said that the transmission was not shifting the same. It was shifting different. You know, not not to say that it was slipping, but, for example, when it was slow down, it would jerk hard. And, and initially I thought, this guy's just making a story up. I've never heard of that. But in fact, it is something that's important that you have to do. Um, if, 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 uh, if they're offering the service, you may want to ask specifically why and if there's a cost involved. I guess specifically if there is a cost, you can say, well, why do you need to do that and how much is it going to cost me? Um, but here's the thing. You know, when you're putting new fluid in, you're changing the viscosity, which is the thickness of it. And that's going to make the clutches and the transmission react differently. So that's why you have to tell the transmission that, in fact, you have put the new fluid in so that the clutch values, you know, will now work as they should, number one. Number two is as vehicles get older and the manufacturers figure out that, hey, you know, when we designed this transmission originally, you know, the engine transmission package, we found that it worked 
great, you know, according to these certain parameters. But what we have found is that as the transmissions wear, the manufacturer adjusts the parameters. In other words, they change the values inside the computer so that the transmission will work smoother and help it last longer. So uh, it's a good thing to have it done. Okay, so a couple of things that I, I came into, um, if I don't put the brand-specific fluid back into that transmission, yes. it doesn't shift. And I'm talking specifically about Hondas. Honda had its own fluid, and if we didn't put Honda fluid back in or Dextron or Mercon or whatever with an additive, that transmission didn't shift properly. It shifted hard. A hundred percent. I learned that. I learned that um, that lesson the hard way. Um, I did a transmission oil change on my own Honda, mm-hmm. and uh, within about a week, all of a sudden, I had a shutter. Mm-hmm. And from my own experience, the shutter I thought was a drive shaft. Okay. Okay. So, so I went ahead and I changed the drive shaft of my car, and uh, and I still had the the vibration. Um, at, which point I changed the second drive shaft because, as you know, Dave, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between That's right. which and one it's the it is. That's right. the joint that goes. Exactly. Is it is? But is it the left shaft or the right shaft? So you know, uh, we went ahead and got another shaft. We installed it, and I still had the vibration. And at that point, I was really scratching my head. And then I called actually your old apprentice, Mike. Yep. You know, at Precise Transmission, and Mike Mike's said, the big wimp. Exactly. He said, <laughs> "What kind of fluid did you put in your car?" I said, what's that got to do with it? He said, it has everything to do with it. Yes, it does. It's the three, four clutch pack that slips. And uh, even though the supplier, who was a big oil company at the time, uh, said that this is a fluid that you can use on all these cars, it wasn't exactly right. And as Mike said, you know, we we changed the oil in the transmission. And after about a week, I was like, wow, it's gone. And, and that's all it was. So here we had really created the problem. So you think you're doing a service, a good thing on your transmission by changing the fluid. But then again, you know, it may come back and uh, bite you in the butt. Yeah. And if, if you're using the wrong fluid and not adding the additive, same situation. So what happens is it, it, it hasn't got as much grit in it. And you actually get slippage in the 3-4 clutch pack or the 2-1-2 clutch pack, whatever clutch pack is, is in effect. Right. So the best thing to do is check the owner's manual. Um, make sure you're using the right fluid. Yes. A, a lot of times it will say on the stick, if it's got a dipstick, it may tell you specifically. Um, so don't mess around. Exactly right. Alrighty, we need to take a quick break and when we come back, Mike McNaught is with us from RVEasy.com. Alrighty, welcome back and with us now is Mike McNaught and Mike is with a company called RV Easy, and what they do is they rent RVs. Mike, how's business? Uh, you know what? Things uh, things have rounded the corner, so uh, we're looking like it's going to be a great summer. Do you find because people can't rent their cottages that they're now stepping into renting an RV? Well, I, I think what's looking really interesting this summer is, you know, traditional travel as we know it has has really changed. Uh, you know, you. The ability to cross the border, uh, go to mass gatherings, you know, the water parks, the amusement parks, music festivals, all that is out the window for 2020. But renting an RV, you're really in control of your environment. You can decide where you go, who you go with. I I think it's really going to be that vacation option of choice this summer. You know, Mike, I was watching CNN last night and they were saying exactly the same thing because a lot of these big theme parks are not going to be open. And, you know, this is a perfect way for you to take your family who was maybe going to go to Wally World, 
Now you can, you, you, you know, everybody in your family is clean. You're in a clean, uh, clean machine. You're a clean uh, RV, yeah. and uh, and you can go to any place you want. Are are the actual provincial parks going to be open for uh, people to park these? So we, we've been seeing things open slowly across the country. You know, as you go out west, um, most of their provincial parks are open, mm-hmm. kind of west of Ontario. Uh, great news yesterday, Quebec just opened up their reservation system. Mm-hmm. Um, Ontario is slightly behind, but I, I believe that's just around the corner. And you can kind of see that that pent-up demand. The other day, the BC reservation system crashed after 7,000 requests uh, in the morning to book wow. a campsite. Uh, so and what's great about the RV is, you know, generally you're you're staying at a hotel and then going to an activity in an RV. Your RV is the activity. You you are placing that where you want to go, whether it's, you know, Sandbanks Provincial Park or Algonquin Park. It's your home and activity all in one. For listeners that don't know what RV Easy is, maybe you can explain it quickly yeah. for both the people who want to rent and the people who have a vehicle that they they want to rent. How do My they do question it? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, you know, renting an RV is not new. Uh, the way that we've kind of built our business model, though, is is really uh, rel- going after that peer-to-peer market. So the real easy way to describe it is Airbnb for RVs. So they're mm-hmm. all private owners of RVs. So anything from a small tent trailer to, you know, a 40-foot rock star bus, uh, you're renting it directly from the owner of the RV. So where we fit into the picture is we provide all the insurance, the booking support, roadside assistance, and kind of the booking mechanism to, to, to rent this. Now, Mike, you were saying that you're getting more or more owners uh, offering up their vehicles. Yeah, and that's one of the the, the great things about our business model and going into the summer. Uh, You know, like thousands and millions of Canadians out there, many people have been financially impacted by the coronavirus, you know, whether it's lost their job or reduced hours at work. When you're renting an RV through RVZ, that money is going directly back into your local economy. So you're you're renting that RV from one of your neighbors. So it's a really great kind of uh, business model where you're actually supporting your neighbors and supporting the local economy. So what we've actually seen is a lot more owners uh, turning to our, our platform to generate a bit of an income this summer by using assets that they already own. So rather than the, the motorhome or trailer sitting in the driveway, why not rent it out this summer and generate a bit of an income? Now, you're supplying insurance, you're supplying roadside assistance. Explain me, that. so basically as a renter, it's carefree. It, it, and that's that's the whole purpose. We want to make it easy and affordable for everyone. You know, everyone should be able to experience Canada in an RV. And the way that we do it makes it really accessible to everyone. And as easy as, you know, really ordering a pizza is what we like to say. You know, you can choose your destination and link up with an owner that owns an RV in that area. And they'll deliver it right to your site, set it up for you and have it all ready to go. So, you know, rolling up in your in your small car or minivan is possible. You can kind of rent anything under the sun and just have it delivered right to where you need it. What's the cost? Um, so it, travel trailers, you're looking anywhere from about 80 to $120 a night. Uh, to get into a motorhome, you're between that $150 and $250 a night. So very reasonable for a summer vacation. Very. You know, I was looking at um, the Marriott, Lake Russo, where we used to, we used to take a weekend there. They had $350 a night for the smallest room. 
Yeah, so and, and, and you can't reasonable. and you can't move from there either. No. <laughs> right. With an RV, you, you can take that anywhere you want. You can change your location at a whim, and you can really get access to some pretty beautiful locations all across Canada. Fascinating. Fascinating. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, so we're all uh, app-based and on the internet, so you can visit the website. It's rvezy.com, and we have both an iOS and Android app that are available on the uh, the Play Store and the Apple Store. So Mike, I found, uh, I've got a question for you, though. Um, you know, a lot of people are really paranoid about the virus, needless to say, and, and, and um, how do I know that when I'm renting one of your people's vehicles, that it's going to be up to stuff in terms of cleanliness. Yeah, and that's a really great question and one we've been uh, answering more and more these days. Uh, one thing is that when you're renting an RV from someone, you're, you know this owner is likely only having a couple people in and out of that RV in the summertime. And okay. so what, what we provide them is that there is an onboarding checklist. So when you meet with this owner, uh, both you know the person renting it and the person who owns it are going to go through this checklist, uh, both coming to the understanding of how it's cleaned and accepting the condition that has been provided. And we've also provided all of our owners with the Health Canada recommendations on how to disinfect and how to clean their surfaces. So they're following those Health Canada guidelines. And if uh, if someone's not happy with the condition that it's in or has any concerns, we're more than happy to, to find a different RV for them. But uh, what we've seen is it's been great communication between our owners and renters and making sure everyone's comfortable with the unit that they're receiving. One last question. How, how big is your waiting list? It, it, you know what, we're start, it's going to be more of an inventory problem is what it looks like for us is that uh, it seems like Canadians just have this pent up demand and want to get outdoors. And we know how beneficial it is to your mental health to really get outside after being quarantined for a number of months. Uh, so, you know what, it's, it, it's, it's time to book now and time to get out, get outside and, and just just get some fresh air for everyone. So it's like down here, every day is Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So RVEZ, it's com, correct? You got it. Mike, thank you for taking time and educating us. Thank you very much. Gotcha. Appreciate it, guys. All righty, this is Dave's Corner Garage, and we'll be right back uh, right after these messages. Okay, welcome back. Uh, joining us today is... Norris McDonald, uh, ex-Super Modified Racer. Norris is the first journalist to be inducted into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, and he's the editor emeritus, I didn't know I could say that word, of the Toronto Star Wheel Sections. Toronto Star just got sold. I know. I know. Big news. Uh, Toronto Star, the mother ship, has uh, been, well, actually, the, the uh, uh, sale doesn't become final until July, Mm-hmm. And there are now there are now some of the shareholders of the B, uh, the non-voting shares who are kind of rebelling a little bit because they think that uh, there's somebody out there that might offer them more money per share than what is on the table now, which is I believe sixty-three or sixty-five cents a share. Yeah, some ridiculous they, number. Yeah, and they think that they can get more money for that. So who knows where this is going to go? But in the That's meantime, right. in the meantime, we are still all employed by the Tor Star Corporation and will be until July. Love it. Toronto Indy, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to throw this, all this at you because we don't have a lot of time, but Toronto Indy is canceled. It is done for this year. Uh, it's unfortunately 
They just did not have time to uh, build the track. This, of course, it was run through the uh, streets of the exhibition place over at the exhibition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's not like a place like Canadian Tire Motorsport Park or the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which are there, they have to actually build the course, which means putting up the walls and putting up the grandstands. And between uh, that and the fact that they were going to have trouble getting permits because City Hall is closed, and the fact that anybody who comes into Canada has to be quarantined for 14 days. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. So there was no way that you could bring the whole circus across the border and – and 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 hold off this race. The so even if even if they'd wanted to run the race without out without fans there, you're saying they still couldn't have done it. They still couldn't have done it. Yeah, and so uh, they tried. And of course, it's part of a schedule that is being revised all the time. Um, but they couldn't find a place that they could slot in later in the season because they had to cancel half the season already and tack them on at the end. And it's really kind of a big mess. When do you Uh, think the season will start? Well, it's supposed to start on the 6th of June at the Texas Motor Speedway, where they are going to race as NASCAR has been without fans. But then they're going to try to carry on and go to Iowa Speedway and, and, and the rest of the schedule I'm, I've got my fingers crossed they're going to be able to pull it off because if there's a big flare-up in one particular state or city where they're going to race, uh, then they might have to cancel there too. Uh, Fascinating. So yeah. the season there is lost, the Formula One season almost lost? Uh, they're going to try to get going in July as well, uh, but they're having a f- hard time finding a place to start the season. They want to start it at Silverstone in England, but England has the same uh, border r- crossing rule that we have. If you go into England, you're going to have to stay there for two weeks before you can come up for air. And so the rest of the the uh, teams that are are based elsewhere in Europe are saying, no, we can't do that. So now That's they're going great. to try to they're going to try to get it going in Austria. And there is a dim hope that they might be able to get the Canadian Grand Prix in in late September or early October. However, the problem is that it's Montreal, and Montreal is significantly uh, far further north than Toronto yeah, is. it's cold. And it's cold, and there's a potential for snow. Um, so, you know, the weather's crazy these days, so they're taking a big chance. However, there's, just, there's a slim chance that a Grand Prix could be held. Okay, next question. McLaren is letting go of 1,200 employees. Oh, it's, the whole thing is terrible, Dave, because... Uh, of course, they can't run these races, which means they're not getting any money. They're not getting money from the sponsors. They're not getting money from the series. They're not getting money from the tracks. And so it's a serious, serious situation. Zach Brown, who runs McLaren, said a month ago that if things don't start happening before long, there could be as many as four teams that might have to go out of business because they don't have they don't and you know something maybe this is what the sport needs though dave this is a whole separate conversation sometime and i think alan has some probably has some strong feelings on this anyway formula one is out of control they're talking about you know budgets of 200 million dollars are you crazy <laughs> no. to have a car race 
you know, to have a bunch of series, you know, I mean, they're paying yep. the drivers, they're paying the drivers, you know, the good drivers are making $2 million a race. And, and, you know, they're starving children in the world. We have a pandemic that's threatening civilization, for God's sake. And so, to be quite honest with you, maybe some of this is going to wind up being a good thing after it's over. It's a big correction. I don't think, for example, you know, going away from car racing for a sec, I don't think that, you know, hockey players are going to be making $10 million a season any longer and either because uh, where's the money going to come from? But Norris, I want to ask you, in the olden days, I mean, it was the car manufacturers who specifically were the ones that backed racing. Right. And it was it was to promote their own, you know, vehicles, their Absolutely. own companies, Absolutely. whether it was, you know, whether it was Ford or GM or Chrysler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Mercedes and Alpha. But right. but in fact, now in, in Formula One, how many car manufacturers, I mean, ones that sell retail are actually in? You've only got Mercedes. Is there anybody else? Yeah, well, you got Renault. Now, we don't buy Renault cars in North America, but... I said cars. Come on. Renaults aren't cars. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but Renault is Nissan. It's the same I, company. I, well, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a car. But no, there is. <laughs> but you know something? You know, Bernie Ecclestone, who made Formula One what it is today, mm-hmm. you know, he warned 15 years ago that Formula One was better off to be have teams headed by individuals who would then make deals to run, you know, certain engines and they could build their own chassis. Because as he said, if the bottom falls out of the car business, what's the first thing they're going to cancel? They're going to cancel racing. And mm-hmm. so it could kill the sport. And, and so potentially right now, you got McLaren. They're a manufacturer. They're in big trouble. Renault, it's in trouble. Uh, Mercedes has been talking for several years about maybe not continuing Formula One. They've been winning everything, but it costs an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. And is it worth it? You know, I mean, they're they're in it to sell cars, but my goodness, the return on investment is not really very good. Do you know, and Norris, so, we visited yeah. the Ferrari factory a couple of years ago, yep. and they they walked us to the the racetrack and everything else. And they have a whole section there for F1. And I said, how many people work in the factory building engines, like building actual Ferraris? He right. goes 250. And how many people work in F1? 900. Yeah, I know. Wow. Isn't, that, isn't that crazy, though? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it, it really, again, it's the old business that, you know, it's like I, I don't know as much about Formula One as I do about NASCAR and IndyCar. But, for example... You know, years ago, when when NASCAR was really in the chips, where they were getting millions and millions from Madison Avenue companies, you know, they naturally spent it and built up their engineering departments and built up their uh, drafting and 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 uh, their their manufacturing end of things and their motors. And then a couple of years ago, the 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 sponsors started to cut back, and so the teams had to. Uh, moderate their hiring practices until they're down to maybe maybe a quarter of what they were in say 1990, and and they're still putting on as good a show and they're still putting on as good racing and uh, and I really think that that's going to happen to places like like Formula One too. It's got they got to do something about it. Norris, this is uh, Jimmy Johnson's final year. You think he's going to get a win this year or what? 
I sure hope so. Do you see what the, the Coca-Cola 600, he finished second? And then, they yes. and then they disqualified him because his car flunked the post-race inspection. You know, one of those dumb things where something was an eighth of an inch out yeah. of the shape, which probably happened when, you know, the, the when he made a pit stop, they let the car down too hard and uh, whatever happened. But, you know, boy, would it ever be nice to see Jimmy um, – you know, win one more before he ends his, his NASCAR career. Yeah. You know, he wants to go race an IndyCar. He wants oh, really? Race, yeah, he doesn't want to race full-time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to race at Indianapolis, but he would like to race a couple of road course events, uh, and I think he might do a good job. Um, and he could have a little bit of fun and draw some good attention to the series. That's one great. last question. Yes. Vettel leaves Ferrari. And, this is uh, another thing. They have... You know where he's going to go, I think? To Renault. No, I think he's going to go to Mercedes, believe it or not. I think think that he and Lewis Hamilton are going to be a team. And and the reason I say that is Mercedes has always said the most important thing to them is the Constructors' Championship. It might be nice that the drivers win the World Championship, but as far as the corporation is concerned, they want to be number one as far as racing and manufacturing is concerned. And Sebastian Vettel is three years younger than Lewis Hamilton. And, and you know, Lewis could retire three years from now, and Vettel would still be able to be uh, the number one guy with, uh, with Mercedes for Interesting. the next while. And Vettel's German, and that's yeah, what they would want absolutely. a German champion. They would, they would love that. So I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. Everybody's saying, oh, there's no place for him to go. Yes, don't kid, you know. And I think I think Ferrari made a mistake there. I think that Charles Leclerc is fast as lightning, but I think he's a lousy racer. And, and you know, I mean, he's one of these guys that could go, say he was an IndyCar, he would win the pole in Indianapolis hands down. But I don't think he's a smart racer. And uh, how many times last year did he crash out just by himself? Yep, and he uh, said that, yeah. Made a big know. mistake. He yeah. did, admitted it. So the last, last, last question is Alonzo. You think Alonzo's going to go to Renault? I think he's too old. You know, I think, think it's over. About it. I, yeah, you know, and he's, he's, I think he's pushing 40. And, you know, that's a young guy in the world. You know, I mean, look, David, you and I are still young guys. Alan, you're just a kid, aren't you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But every day except a, Friday. <laughs> yeah. But you're, but you're not a you're not a professional athlete, and forty as a professional athlete. I mean, I think the only professional athlete who made a, could show himself when he turned forty was Gordy Howe, and and everybody else. You're pretty much finished by the time you're in your mid thirties if yeah. you even get that far. Yeah. Well, you look so at some I of think, these NASCAR kids. They're only like eighteen, nineteen years old, eh? When they're I coming know. into the sport. And they're and they're coming in because they started racing when they were two on the simulator, <laughs> and really? then they were in, then they were in carts when they were four. Yeah, and, and yeah, they're ready to go, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, whole, and the other thing I always thought was they always were fast until they had a big crash. <laughs> 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 and they yeah. just became another driver. <laughs> that can get your attention fast enough, can it? I love it. Yeah. So Norris, what do we, how do we get in touch with you? We, we have a Twitter, a Twitter account, which I know I'm part of. Oh, no kidding. Well, my, I'm a, at Norris McDonald too on Twitter. And of course, Norris McDonald at the star.ca uh, is my email account. 
at the star. And uh, anybody has anything to say you want to argue or point something out or give me a tip. You know, I don't know everything. I like to pretend I do. But, uh, you know, shoot me a tweet or uh, uh, a Twitter letter or, or, uh, or send me an email. And I wanted, I want to tell you, you guys are doing a great job, you know. Uh, you know, the whole, no, but the whole point of your, your program has always been, you know, the big audience participation on Saturday mornings. And yep. you've had a lot of adjustments to make. And I think you're doing a really great job. Okay, Again, bye-bye. Norris McDonald's available on Twitter and uh, at NorrisMcDonald.com. Alrighty, we'll be right back after these messages, and Al and I have a whole bunch of stuff we've got to talk about. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Uh, we want to thank Darren Boston from Salem. We want to thank yep. Mike McDonald from RV Easy, and of course Norris McDonald, who is never at a loss for words. Dave. Yeah, fascinating stuff. I mean, all these guys are experts. They all know their stuff. And mm-hmm. it's information that you're not normally going to get, you know. It's kind of hard to find all that stuff on Google. And I want to remind everybody about our contest, uh, our grocery giveaway. This is the last weekend. Uh, make sure you enter at davescornergarage.com. There's an entry form there for your email address, your phone number, and believe it or not, also your um, postal code. So we want to know where uh, our are. And, you know, we got great reaction from my first favorite car that you'd put on Facebook. So yes. we're going to carry it on for next week as well. So if you have a car that, you know, it was your favorite, it was your, you know, your fave, by all means, go on Facebook and uh, tell us what it was. And we're going to you know talk was? about them next week. What? I had a Morris 1000 convertible, which I paid 125 bucks for. And the guy who owned it before painted it with a broom and scraped out the windows. <laughs> All right, we got to run, man. Second class everybody. driving beats first class walking. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye bye. Stay safe, everybody. Take care. Don't forget, wear a mask. See you next week. Who cares about the clouds and we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.